Let me take just a moment of personal privilege to say how wonderful it is to see all of your faces this morning. For too many weeks, I have come into this sanctuary to um, prepare our sermon, to get ready to record it, to send it out to everyone. And the absence of these faces before me always just bothers me. I like seeing you. The song that we just sang reminds us that God is always at, mo- at work and moving among us and through us. And I believe there are th- still things God is calling Anniston First United Methodist Church to do here in Anniston, Alabama and Calhoun County. I believe there are days ahead of us of us sharing the love, grace, mercy and peace of Jesus Christ with our world. That's our vision is of a community transformed. Our scripture this morning is going to be from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 18 through 20. This isn't what your digital bulletin says because I made a mistake earlier, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a few moments. We have been in a sermon series called The Early Life of Jesus. We've been looking at some of those episodes of his life that sometimes get lost as we move from Advent into Lent. And we've stopped and looked at what it was like for Jesus to be part of a family, to have a mom and dad and siblings. We've looked at what it was like for him to be in the temple at 12, for him to go to social events and be part of a a celebration at a wedding. This week we're talking about Jesus in the building. Jesus is now, it's early in his ministry rather than early in his chronological life. I invite you as we read the passage this morning to hear God speaking to you anew from these words of Scripture. Now when Jesus saw great crowds around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. A scribe then approached him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are dozens of verses in the four Gospels that talk to us about Jesus moving around, moving about. But it was challenging for me to find one of those that was suitable as the text, as the passage on which we would base today's lesson This one only emerged as I developed the sermon over the last couple of weeks, and we discussed it as we planned worship this week, but I didn't put it in the worship document. So it's not Ashley, our communications director's fault, or Laura, our um, secretary's fault, and Cheyenne was wonderful to get it changed for me this morning. This passage emerged to me as both the thesis and the concluding statement, as the conjecture and the consummation, as the starting point and the summary of what it means when we talk about Jesus in the building. That's the title of our sermon this morning, is Jesus in the building. I looked at Matthew 9, 1. That verse says, Jesus boarded a boat and crossed to the other side of the lake and went to his own city. I looked at John chapter 2, verse 13. That one says, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. I looked at Mark 1, verses 29 and 30, which says, After leaving the synagogue, Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. 
There are so many locations associated with Jesus. In Galilee, he's associated with Bethsaida, where he healed a blind man. Cana, where he went to a wedding. Gennesaret, a town halfway between Capernaum and Magdala, where he walked on the water, where people were healed by touching the fringe of his prayer shawl. Nain, where he literally interrupted a funeral of a widow's only son and resurrected him. Nazareth, where he grew up. The Sea of Galilee, where he always seems to be crossing or fishing or calming storms. Where he used the mountains as a natural amphitheater and a small fishing boat as a pulpit. Capernaum, which was his home base where he based his earthly ministry out of, but it was his home base and not the focus of his ministry. He healed a deaf man who was unable to speak in in the Decapolis, the ten cities across the Jordan. He healed a demoniac in Gaza or Gadara, whichever manuscript you're looking at. He visits with a woman at a well at Sakar in Samaria. In Judea, he raises Lazarus at Bethany, a village near Jerusalem. And we find that the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus were like a second home to him. He healed a paralytic at a pool in Bethsaida. He was born and lived until his family fled to Egypt in Bethlehem. He sends out disciples to find a donkey for his triumphal entry in Bethphage. And he frequented the Mount of Olives The Mount of Olives is where he rode that Bethphage donkey into town as people threw their cloaks on the ground in front of him. On another earlier visit to this mount, he delivered his most apocalyptic-sounding sermon that we call the Olivet Discourse. And on another occasion, he will ascend into heaven from this area. He prays in a garden at Gethsemane, and not for the first time on the night that he was arrested before being killed. He walks the road to to Emmaus and enlightens some disheartened disciples. He restores Bartimaeus' sight in Jericho. He teaches in and around Jerusalem, debating scholars there as a child, cleansing the outer Gentile area of the temples in a very dramatic and unforgettable way. He lived as a refugee in Egypt. He fled for respite, for a little bit of vacation to the areas of Tyre and Sidon, where he had a pretty flabbergasting exchange with a Phoenician woman. And he first predicts his death while ministering in Caesarea Philippi. That's also the place where Peter makes his wonderful confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you travel to Israel and you want to see where Jesus ministered, you will have to tour the entire country. If you want to be comprehensive, you'll have to cross the border into several countries. You will not find there a church of Jesus ministry. Jesus has no Graceland, no Six Flags, no Mecca. There is no church of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Well, there is, but you cannot visit it. You cannot photograph its beautiful windows or bow before its altar. You cannot sit in its marvelous pews and contemplate Jesus' life or death 
or resurrection. There is no place which is his church. People are his church. We are his church. Many of us know the children's rhyme. Here's the church and here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. Do y'all remember doing that as a child? I taught that a little bit differently to my children. Here's the church. See the steeple? But open those doors because church is people. We have been blessed with a beautiful building and ample space for programs and ministry opportunities. And we should use them to the fullest. I am so thankful to be back in this beautiful space this morning. But this is not the church. This is the church. God forbid that something were to happen to Anniston First United Methodist Church property. Should we have a natural disaster, if there should be an earthquake and the ground opens up and swallows everything on Noble Street before, between 14th and 15th, Anniston First United Methodist Church would not cease to exist. We would have to meet somewhere else for worship and study, but the church would still exist. We are Anniston First United Methodist Church. The church has a building. We are not the building. And we know this. We know it academically, but it's easy for us to forget. We even know and believe as Christians that the church, the capital C church, not just this congregation, is composed of all believers, of all denominations, of all nations, of all time periods. We are not located in a place. You cannot put a geographic pin on a map to find the church. For we are flung all across the planet and all throughout time. But as I said, it's easy to forget that. I'm guilty of it as well, of saying things like, I'm going to the church, meaning building. I work for the church, meaning building. I wasn't able to attend church last week. Another reference to a building. But as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you can be neither present nor absent. For you are the church. Wherever you and I go, the church is there. Whatever we do, the church does. The members. One of the great, beautiful pictures in Scripture is the church as a building of people. We are the building blocks of the church. And we gather for worship, to worship the living God, to study His Word, to encourage one another, to live faithful Christian lives, to serve, to make plans. But we are the church. And because we forget that we are the church, across time, the church, the capital C Church, fell into an if we build it, they will come mentality. Once Christians in the third century began to have specific locations, once we stopped meeting in homes and 
courtyards and beside lakes and even in the porches and outer areas of the temple until they ran them off and just outside the synagogues till that became dangerous. Once we started building specific buildings, we kind of became that we expected people to come here. Come here to find Jesus. Come here to find grace, love, mercy, and peace. And certainly they should find it here, but not here. Is that actually what Jesus told us to do? To build a building, to pitch a tent, to sit inside and say, we're here. If you want what God has, come and get it. It's here. I would say to us emphatically, no. That that is not the example or the teaching of Jesus. Jesus in his early years and throughout his ministry refuses to locate. He never pitched a tent. He never expected people to come to his one location. He never built a building or a ministry center. He never stopped going to the people. To the people that he came for. As a matter of fact, the very incarnation of Jesus is a going. Jesus came. He went from heaven to here to reach us. And in his very final word to his disciples, he tells us to keep going. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Jesus said, go. And yet far too often we say, let them come. Jesus went always. And we are too inclined many times to sit and wait. I titled this sermon, Jesus in the Building. And it really is very much a play on words. Because Jesus isn't just in this building. On every recorded occasion in Scripture, Jesus leaves the building to go to where people are. But we often act like he resides here. Jesus does want to reside in a building. He wants to reside in the building that is us. The temple of the Holy Spirit that is our bodies. He wants to reside in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. He wants to reside in the midst of what we are doing and becoming and how we are worshiping and serving and transforming our community. The church is much less cathedral and much more RV. On the move, going somewhere. My mind keeps returning to the very last location that tried to hold Jesus to his grave. He didn't stay in that building, in that location either. When they went looking for him to prepare his body as soon as the Sabbath was over, those blessed women disciples were told by an angel, why are you looking for him here? He's not here. Go. Go tell others. Perhaps the Holy Spirit is saying the same thing to us even now. He's not just here. Go. Go. Go tell everyone. This being the case, 
perhaps we should focus on the going. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.